all language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello, welcome everyone to another Star Wars from the Back to Tank broadcast. This is the Bounty Hunters edition. That's right. If you had forgotten, we do have a Bounty Hunters edition as we are covering all of Marvel Comics Star Wars Bounty Hunters. And we're going to continue our discussion today, David. Are you ready for this? Oh, I am so excited for this, dude. This this series is creeping up there to being my favorite Star Wars comic. Oh, hold on there, little guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we are going to be continuing our discussion with issue number four. Uh, It's part of the very first story arc for Bounty Hunters titled Galaxy's Deadliest Part 4, and this particular issue is titled Hunter's Mutiny. Now, if you don't remember, Star Wars Bounty Hunters is an ongoing Star Wars comic book series written by Ethan Sachs, illustrated by Paolo Vianelli, and published by, of course, Marvel Comics. Uh, the series features the Bounty Hunter, Baylart, Valance, Boba Fett, Bosk, and it takes place between the events of Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Star Wars Return of the Jedi. And the cover work, the artist that does the cover is one of my favorites his name is lee bermijo i believe is how you say his name correct me if i'm wrong david uh yes that is how you pronounce it i believe i have not seen this guy do any shit i don't i don't think he's capable of putting out shit work no he's done numerous hellblazer titles he is the one doing all of the main not variants he does a lot of variant work because his art is so fucking gorgeous that many times he does a lot of variant covers, but he's doing cover A's for the Bounty Hunter series, which shows you he's not cheap. He doesn't come with a cheap price tag. Yeah. That goes to show you that Marvel and Lucasfilm took this series or is taking the series very serious. They're like, all right, we got to get some heavy hitters here. Yes. They didn't put all that money into Ethan Sachs. He's a great writer. He's really churning out some great work but he's also not a big household name so they're probably saving some money there in fact i wouldn't be surprised if lee bermijo is getting paid more than ethan Sachs and vianelli combined well the thing is too if you look at uh how this series has been uh marketed if you compare bermijo's regular covers Mm -hmm. of the entire series yeah none of the variants are better than no None of them. Why even have a variant when Bermijo is putting out all the covers that most people are going to want, dude? And they are fucking great. In fact, in fact, the variants that are actually better than the regular is the variants where they take off the heading 
and the and the little uh, icons in the bottom. It's still his work. It's still his work, <laughs> but it's better because you see the full picture. Yep, they don't have any titles. The and like they absolutely look like stuff you need to hang on your wall. Yeah, you have to. In fact, Dave, I am actively searching for issue number four as a poster. Oh yeah, because if dude. I can find it, I will purchase it. And if listeners out there, if you know where I can find this cover, uh, no price is too high. I think honestly, people have slept slept on the covers because I remember when issue one came out, they came out with the variant of no title variants and nothing in the front, and it was just Bermijo's rendition of Boba Fett. Uh huh. People were not picking it up, and then issue two came out, his second cover. Suddenly, all those non, non uh, heading titles, all those disappeared. Yeah. And then the third one disappeared. This one, oh, it disappeared as well. Dude, I went to go buy issue five because issue five just came out. Yes, it did. A couple days ago, I went on the day of release, whistling happy that I'm going to get issue five. Not one left. <laughs> <laughs> an hour after it was put on the shelf gone and I saw a motherfucker <laughs> walk out the comic shop with one so I got happy I was like oh yes he apparently got the last one okay you want to hear a really really bad story for oh, me oh david you take one from a child's hand yes i did oh, you, oh, <laughs> oh my now, here's, here's the thing here's the thing it was issue number four i went into the shop oh david you are an awful person <laughs> you are going to hell <laughs> this five-year-old kid was looking at the star wars comics and he was looking at it, he was Give like me this you little fucking youngling no, no no i didn't do that i didn't do that uh, he had the, he had this, the, uh, this issues cover, the one without the heading. Yeah. He had oh, that. Oh, did he? And I looked at him and I, I grabbed the regular one <laughs> and I said, oh, you want to trade? Oh my God. <laughs> and I traded with him. <laughs> and he said, oh yeah, thank you. What if he said he didn't want to trade, Dave? What, what would you have done? Would you, <laughs> would you, would, have, would you have said Hey, do you remember what Master Skywalker did to the younglings? Do you remember that scene? I felt so bad, dude. I'm like, I immediately grabbed my comics after that and just walked to the registers and said, uh, yeah, I'm going to check out right now. <laughs> what would you have done if like, his mother or his father came up to you? I'm like, what did you do to my son? I'm like, oh, I just traded a comic book. I traded him comic books. Jesus, David. Dude, the kid doesn't know. It, it is true. <laughs> Probably would have been all broken and cracked and exactly. pissed on. I was doing it How a favor. How old is this kid, Dave? He was probably about like five or six. Oh, he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> well, he, he, wanted he, he wanted a Star Wars comic. Yeah, yeah. well, listen, he can get any comic book then. <laughs> <laughs> but Poor I felt kid. so dirty. After oh, dude, I, we did that when on, uh, was it Black Friday? Is that what it's called? When we go pick up Star Wars toys? No, not oh, Black yeah. Friday. Um, um, Jesus, what's it called? Black. I, I forgot what it is. Black... Uh, Whatever. The yeah. day that you go buy the Star Wars toys at midnight. I mean, you were with me the year they were doing The Force Awakens. And we <laughs> ran in. I was... Oh, wait, no, you weren't with me. You were across town at another one, right? Yeah. 
Yes, it was me and my son. And my son wanted one. And luckily, I had my son with me so I could use him as an excuse. (laughs) I don't mind being a a dirty fighter for toys if my son's with me. Because then I have an excuse. I don't look like a complete tool that I'm an adult. (laughs) But I'm grabbing one for my son. And some guy knocks it out of my hand by accident. Grabs it and puts it in his basket. And I'm like, dude, this is for my kid, dude. He's all, well, there's others. I'm like, no, there's not. And he walks away. (laughs) <laughs> i wanted to punch him but I, my son needs a, a good gonna, role model it was gonna be a turbo man moment oh it, it was gonna happen <laughs> well I, I think about it now i'm like, like i wonder if like his parents or, or his dad was sending him go grab me the that varied over oh there. man he probably got beat because of you he's like, i told you to grab the last one i was gonna look at some vampirilla over here and i asked you to get the last vermijo what's wrong with you, you little shit this man gave me the nicer one i know i i, I knew me and your mother should have boarded you <laughs> wow you got some poor kid beat Dave, I'm hope I, I'm. I hope you're happy with yourself. You know, maybe if I, I, I well, the, I slept it off. So <laughs> you slept it off. Well, the, because you like you I went felt home so and bad. fell asleep. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, you didn't much. even lose sleep over it. <laughs> I was like, like, I got home and I'm like, like, I'm so tired. I feel so bad. Went to sleep. Woke up. I felt fine. I'm so tired. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> You're an awful person. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what made it so bad. Oh my god. Yeah. So those Bermijo covers brings out the worst <laughs> in humans. Humans. I need those, but they, yeah, they're gorgeous. I love them. It really makes every comic book purchase that much more meaningful for me. And I know it hasn't always been that way. It's these covers are more of a 10 year thing. Like recent times we have been given special covers and yet sure variants have been around for a while now. But when I was a kid, it was never really about the covers. The covers were covers. Now what makes that purchase that much more special and why sometimes you even buy, buy multiple issues is because of the multiple variants and, and you get one you want to read with the regular cover, and then you get the one you don't want to touch, which will be the variant. Yeah. So it's a whole business now. And listen, I don't mind purchasing additional copies when you have such beautiful artwork. And Bermijo puts out beautiful work. Yeah, he does. And that's what that's the amazing thing is like his normal cover art far exceeds any of the any of the uh, variants that they put out. Yeah. Now people, you know, cut, well, listen to our other discussions. He, he actually did all the artwork recently in Batman damned. Yes, he did. Yeah. Which was not, you know, he's not just a cover guy. This guy is also a gentleman that inks full pages. All right. So let's get into the synapses, the sins that can be absolved with a blaster aimed at his back, cyborg bounty hunter Valance closes in on Nakano Lash, the mentor who abandoned him many years ago. But what is the secret that Lash has been hiding ever since that fateful doom mission on that on that led her to this is David. <laughs> this is a really bad. Synopsis. Wow. This is not me. This is a terribly written synopsis from the official Star Wars page. 
But what is the secret that Lash has been hiding ever since that fearful doomed mission? One that led her to betray her crew. Wait, now one that now it looks good. Oh my god, do I have dyslexia? No, no, I'm reading it, it also. Okay. It, it, it's very disjointed. It's, is that what it is? It's all broken up. It is. All right, so those answers may die with her if a vengeful Boba Fett gets to her first. All right, so let's talk about, since we're on the art kick, let's just get into Vianelli's artwork. This guy is slowly becoming one of my favorites, which is surprising because I'm very picky with artwork, as you know. I think both of us are pretty picky with artwork. Yeah. And number two, Vianelli isn't really a household name. He's a relatively a new talent, correct? Yes. And he did work on Vader Dark Visions, which both of us really loved. He also did work on Jedi Fallen Order and Dark Temple. And the series itself, the story wasn't great, but the artwork was on the point. Art, the artwork was one of the bonuses. Yeah, and we've mentioned numerous times before, but I want to stress how great his artwork really is. Uh, there's so much life and size to each character. Size being the key word here. Uh, the detail is quite impressive without losing the classic comic book feel. I'm not the biggest fan of the photorealism that a lot of comic book artists utilize today. Uh, you say possibly Lee Bermijo may be considered photoreal. Yeah. Or at least he has a little bit of a photoreal flair to flair his to work. It. But mostly it's just gorgeous with lots of rich depthness. Um, but I've heard some refer to his work as photorealist, and I, I think it's debatable. I have an affinity for more of the classic look for comic books. I'm, I can't remember if you feel the same way, Dave, but with the digital age, we've moved into a territory where at times it's just too digital. It's too perfect. It's too yeah. pristine. It's too uncanny valley. Yeah, where, many times, yes. Where there's... There's something missing from a digital uh digital art where with like the traditional or comic even book just art, over photoreal over photorealistic because yeah. like Vianelli's the his use of he knows how to get expressions right with his art. I mean all the shots that he decides to take if you take a look at one of the things that we've been talking about how all the comics up to this point look like legit movie storyboards here you even see even more so especially when you're when he's dealing with character expressions and doing those close-ups of even alien faces he gets the emotions across and in my opinion that's something that's missing in the digital yeah. digital art spectrum no i agree the fact that vianelli utilizes sketch lines as well whether they're fake or not or real i should say i don't think really matters it, he utilizes sketch lines to create a tone of greediness yeah that works for the series in fact i didn't really notice it until this issue when i was really analyzing the pages because his art is just so good and uh, there are moments during various action sequences where they look like sketches and yeah. i don't want to pawn off his work as simply sketch because they're not 
but it's almost as if he started off with a sketch, which is what some artists do, right? That's yeah. what they start with the typical, how you build the body symmetrically and everything you learn in our class, right? Yeah. But he leaves many of those, those sketch lines there. And I like that because it adds a grit. It feels analog opposed to digital. If that makes sense. If you're comparing this to, let's say, uh, cinematically, you were talking in tones of cinema, you know, analog, you know, film opposed to the digital age. And we all know if you know what to look for, you can see the difference between, you know, film and digital. And digital. You, you pop them on side by side. It's very easy to see. And I feel the same thing applies here to to Vianelli's work with especially with his sketch lines, the way he uses it. It's very familiar. It's very similar to how in film lighting, how you use yeah. the, the, the how he shapes the light. He uses the sketch lines to actually give it that I don't want to say a noir feel, but using the lighting to tell or using the shadowing to tell a deeper story with that character. Like, especially when they have their inner monologues or if they're trying to convey something. Yeah. Which is important. Outright coming out and saying something. When you're using a medium that's 80% visual, it's 80% imagery. You got to make sure your art's going to convey the proper, the proper message, right? Or the proper tone. And that's why I always felt that ever since issue three, I, I gushed over how the art, and the script just melded beautifully together. And in this particular issue, it continues that on even more so than issue three, because like, just like what you said, you can take out all the dialogue and the art can tell the story by itself. It really does. If there was no dialogue whatsoever, I like take out the dialogue, you would be able to follow the story for the most part. And the reason why I, I want to stress that and I'm so glad that you, that you saw that is because I, what have I compared this to? I believe in our last discussion, Spaghetti Westerns. Yes. Spaghetti Westerns, when they were written and directed by the talented Italian directors, there are a lot of shitty directors at that time as well. But the talented ones, one thing that Spaghetti Westerns were very famous for was minimal dialogue and telling, especially Leone, where he would start oh, yeah. you know, his movies with a 15-minute sequence that literally used no dialogue whatsoever. All he uses is the imagery and sound to convey the ambience, the proper ambience that he wants for that particular scene or whatever he's using to set the stage for his movie. Yeah. And the same thing can be said with the comic book here. You have big pictures, which also resemble spaghetti Westerns and a lot of it, the paneling and imagery is designed to tell a story on its own. You really honestly don't need the dialogue and that yes is in part for Vianelli or because of Vianelli but you got to remember the person who sketches out the story and tells the artist where to put the paneling and how big something's going to be essentially it's the comic writer yeah a really great example of what we're talking about is definitely for me is like when they do the one thing that basically me and you always harp on that we do not like in storytelling is flashbacks. However, the one point where Lash is talking and handing over the gun to, I believe it was Valance and uh, Torador's sister. Mm-hmm. 
And she basically, we finally get the reveal of, okay, this is the, what the story has been all about. And you have that moment where she hand, she's handing over the gun and it goes to a flashback of her holding a grenade. Yeah. And the way it's drawn, it is so similar to how, like what you were saying in spaghetti Westerns, when they do like the really overblown fade out or fade in mm-hmm. with a blur yeah. of a flashback. Right. And that's the vibes I got the transitions. out of it. The transitions. Yeah. I saw that right there. I'm like going, they really, I would love to hear Ethan Sachs his, uh, interview on him talking about his inspiration. Oh yeah. Of dude, this series. For sure. Because if he does not say, Oh, I pull my inspirations from spaghetti Westerns. It has to be. It has to it be. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah, unless unless he's just in tune with spaghetti westerns and he's just not even aware of and it. And he's not aware of it. Yeah. So let's talk about the story aspects a bit more. Because we're really blowing the artwork, which hey, it needs to be, and yeah. it's a part of the comic book. But let's go into the story aspect. Um, the story does continue to move forward with an adequate pace. The plotting is relatively simple but precise. There's no lulls, no sense of time being wasted. And when Ethan Sachs does write out an action sequence, as we were saying, they may, they might take up a full page. And this is something that I usually mark points off because a lot of artists and writers, I should say writers, comic writers who aren't talented will burn through 23 pages because they use all these, you know, full pages and nothing happens in that page. Or they'll do an action sequence where he swings his fist and connects. And then it's on to the next page. Yeah. And then the next page is like that. And before you know it, you're done with the comic book and you're trying to figure out what the hell you just read mm-hmm. and what happened. The pacing's all off that way. Not a lot of time has passed. You don't quite understand the flow of the plot. With this, the plotting is relatively simple, but because Ethan Sachs utilizes those page sequences, even the full pages, because he doesn't refrain from using full pages. No. And I usually don't like that. But with him, he's able to make it work. It's filled with an action. Well, because I should say it's filled with an action sequence. It's not just a single action. It's an entire sequence. Yeah. And it's large imageries. It's I can't talk anymore. It's large images. And larger, I would say, than life imagery that actually helps convey, once again, the spaghetti Western aura. Oh, yeah. Because, like, when you take a look at every single, like, in the very, very, very beginning of that com- of the comic, where you have the fight scene with Lash, um, the other bounty hunter that eludes me, that his name, but Lash and the kid versus the one bounty hunter takes up two pages and it's all action, right? But every single panel is still conveying a character narrative. Yeah. Like it's all story. It's all story. Just because there. of the, the words, it's all story. Their it's actions, every- their actions are telling, conveying what their characters are like. Literally everything's pushing the plot forward. When we have reviewed other comics where you just get a bunch of pages back to back of action, there's nothing actually really happening except yeah. a fight scene. Whereas Ethan Sachs is so on point and precise with his plot points that even when he is utilizing full page spreads, it's not slowing down the pace. It's not slowing down the pace. Yeah. And like, 
And that's a huge thing for me. Oh, it's a, it's a, a big thing for me because I hate it when, when Artists dude, and yeah. and comic books just rely on the action to get to the next page, and it it, it takes it, it happens takes you a out. lot. It, it happens, happens a, lot. a lot, and like, but here it's like you get that because of how Sax is writing and how Vianelli's artwork is in time with him. Mm-hmm. You're getting not just a really good action sequence, but in that first first two pa- uh, pages you're drawing the conclusion of, okay, this kid is is more, she can handle herself more than people think. She's a a, a constant underdog because people look at her and she's a kid. So they underestimate her. Meanwhile, Lash is at the tail end of her life. She's tired. She's the tired bounty hunter, the old elder statesman of the bounty hunter to the point that in the very end, she has to exert herself with every single ounce of her strength to kill the other bounty hunter. And that those are character, those are character development moments. Yeah. No, I, I do. Without I, dialogue. I agree. It's, it's very well done. It's very good. And an element in particular in this issue that really stood out for me was the direction they took with Valance. And I'm glad they did this. So far, we have been given this badass, take no prisoners type of guy. And we like that. It yeah. has worked. His series target vader the miniseries that was also essentially that they showed this guy who you can just kill 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 killing revenge self-hate but we learned that there's more to him than just simply those three things yeah he's got a lot of loyalty going on for him as well i like seeing that his relationship with lash mattered to him and to find out that this whole time we're led to think He's out for revenge, but he's actually trying to track down his mentor, not to kill her, but so that he can help her. Yeah. She had asked for help. She had sent out a message. And I like the misdirection there. We had all assumed that all these bounty hunters, including Valance, is all about getting revenge on Lash. Who's going to kill her first? And we find out that, yeah, he's tracking her down. He's trying to get to her, but he wants to get to her first so he can help her. I like that. It's a little aspect. It isn't a huge element of the comic book per se, but it is huge for the character of Valance because up to this point, Dave, even though all of Valance stories have been really fun and some of our favorite, including target Vader, he is one dimensional and that works for everything pertaining to target Vader and how they've used him up to this point. But now that we have an ongoing series, that's essentially Valance's ongoing comic book run, right? Yeah. We have to start fleshing out those moments. Why do we want to watch him day in, or I should say read his issues each and every single month? Why are we going to continue to buy what's going to keep us drawn in? And we have to learn, we need to learn personal elements and this issue or this story arc was one of the best ways they can actually do that because of the more personal, I guess you can say intimate relationship he has with this mentor. And of course, this being the first official story arc of bounty hunters, they didn't waste a lot of time and I'm glad they didn't. And on top of that, it's also, it also helps separate Valance from all the other bounty hunters because who are only about what money, money and reputation. Yep. 
That's it. That's the name of the game when it comes to bounty hunters. Yep. Is there money in their reputation? Valance, it's different. And I'm glad that the, that Ethan Sachs brings that, brought that to the table by this time on issue uh, four. And you have to, because it's just not fun to watch it on or read an ongoing comic book series think, with a guy that's one dimensional. You have to ma- you have to give us a reason why we care. Think about, think about, uh, our thoughts, our final thoughts on Target Vader. We love Target Vader for its styling. It was awesome. And it was awesome. However, if I'm not correct, I remember me and you talking about how, how can you make this character that was an homage to the 80s action hero yeah. an ongoing series character like, say, Afra? Got to make a personal story for You him. have to make a personal story. You have to build character points so that your audience will care to say, I want to know more about this character. And if you have the right writer, you don't have to worry about pulling the fangs out from a character like this. Because, yes, he is an anti-hero and he should remain an anti-hero. But you can still make them an empathetic character, someone we can rally behind and still give them a more personal flair. I mean, look at Dr. Afra. Yeah, we've gone on and on about that character. They've done great with that particular character with maintaining her bad guy qualities. And yet we are still interested in learning about her and they make each and every issue. I have not read the 2020 run yet, but up to that point, they have managed to make her a very interesting and very complex character. So I'm hoping that this is the direction we're taking Valance, that he's going to start becoming a little more complicated. He can still be the silent and brooding type. Because you can have a character like that. Absolutely, yeah. But have still some character-defining moments for him yeah. that basically show us that he's there's something going, there's something else going on underneath all that metal. That he cares about something. That he cares about something. Yeah. I like it. And there were other reveals as well. This being, I believe, the second to last issue of the first story arc, Galaxy's Deadliest. We did need some of those types of moments, and we got them. Yeah. Uh, we find out a few key elements. Uh, Lash is not the cold-blooded murderer that the first few issues <laughs> would have us yep. believe. But instead, we find out that she's caught between a feud of crime clans uh, because she was trying to do the right thing. And she has in her care the heir of both crime syndicates that could theoretically end their war and bring about peace. And dude, when I when we got to that point, me and you have talked visually. Mm-hmm. Visually, this is like an homage to spaghetti westerns. Yeah. But after this issue, I'm like going, I got the vibes of like old, old spaghetti westerns that I have seen where you have the brooding, the, the, the the one character who is trying to actually bring peace, but in actuality was a killer in the very beginning and make up for their life. Yeah. And I'm like going all the elements Mm -hmm. story-wise, we talk about how visually it matches like spaghetti Western elements. Story-wise, I had the vibe that basically more so even, even more so than last, uh, the last couple of issues where I made comparisons to the good, the bad and the ugly. That scene with Bosk in the cemetery where he's just sitting there and someone walks up, you know, no spoilers, no nothing. I don't want to go into it because 
I want our audience to actually have fun with this comic. Yeah, Dave. Okay, calm down over there. You're going to actually spit it out. Exactly. I'm gonna, when, and I'm going to leap over this studio desk and I'm going <laughs> to shoot you. When, when he basically says... Yeah, you're that, Mr. Readahead. Yeah. That's your nickname, Mr. Readahead. <laughs> but when he, he talks to them and then, you know, like... He says that we can get, uh, we could go get him. And then the person in silhouette goes, what's this? We stuff and kicks him unconscious. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that gave me so many vibes of the scene and good, the bad and the ugly. When mm-hmm. angel eyes is just looking at the guy as the guy's telling him everything. Does boss the ugly then in this yes. scenario. Oh he yes. Is, isn't he? After this. Yeah. Because if you look at it, the comparisons is the Lance is on. Honestly, the Eastwood character. Oh, yeah, the good. Mm-hmm. And then you have Boba Fett, who might be the the, the, the angel eyes. Mm-hmm. And then you have Tuco, who yeah. is boss. Dude, it's good. And it's a tidy story. It's and a tidy story. It's they really are doing good. all of this, and it's they're not going off the rails. They're keeping everything intact. Now, of course, you mentioned Boba Fett. We have the entire Fett situation that I knew was coming, but I had also forgotten about it. I liked that Sax kind of put the character on the back burner a bit. Yeah. Because then you were surprised when he shows up at the end. Well, especially how he makes his entrance. Dude, killing that one. Yeah. Character. One, a character who was essentially good. Yeah. And she just lays there dead at his feet. Yeah. That's a little dark. It's dark. I'm, but lie. I'm like going, yeah, that's Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, give him back his fangs since Lucas took them. <laughs> yeah. Kill him, dad. Although, although, dude, that last shot of Boba Fett standing Boba Fett. over the, the character and the sons in the background. Yeah. Come on. Oh, it's great. That dude. is such a cool yeah. shot. Also, we have, as you mentioned, whoever attacked Bosk on the graveyard planet. So we have a few key aspects that will need to come together in issue number five, which is the final issue of this story arc. Not yes. the series, not the series. Just the first story arc. I think a series like this, along with Dr. Afra, shows. I think it shows all of us that we don't need the legacy characters any longer. The world is big. The world, the world is a giant place. And largely unexplored when you really put it into perspective. The world of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. The fact that all of this is going on between the events of The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi shows us that the stories are endless as long as you create interesting characters. Yes. And right now. And Dave, you and I had talked about this before we went live today. Right now, the highlight of Star Wars or the the highlight of the Star Wars world for me is this series, Bounty Hunters and Dr. Aphra. For me personally, nothing comes close, not even the Mandalorian. And you know what? I'm with you on this because really, in covering just this particular issue. I actually wrote into my notes a question to myself to ask after I read this like once and twice was this story. I get more out of just this story of Valance and the bounty hunters Mm -hmm. than I do out of Mandalorian. I love Mandalorian. Mandalorian's good. So do I. I enjoy it. Mandalorian was good, but it's very simple, but it's very simple and superficial here. My God, if they did this type of story, in the Mandalorian. Yeah. You would have an epic well, 
Dave, just in the Odyssey, first, just in the first three issues, there's a sense of sadness that exudes from Baylart Valance through a few choice key dialogue exchanges. The whole idea that he hates himself. He wants to die. They haven't really beat us over the head with it, but if you're reading and following along, you definitely pick up on that. I mean, when he was in the bar a couple issues back yeah, with the stormtroopers, it was just the sheer raw unbridled. I wouldn't even call it anger. It was, it was a, almost like just self hatred, just yeah, self loathing. It was so powerful. And when you combine this with Cy Spurrier's run of Afra, I honestly feel like the two of these are the contenders for the best new Star Wars in this era. Oh, yeah. Since the buyout of Lucasfilm, since Disney has taken over. I mean, just these two characters alone. I understand the character of the Mandalorian and the child mass market wise is very popular. Yeah. But I honestly feel that the characters of Afra and Valance are better defined. Oh yeah. And far, far and more, far more interesting than the Mando and the child. They're, they're deeper. They they're have deeper. a much, there's a lot of little, there's a lot of layers. And, and on top of that, I don't know if Ethan Sachs was doing this on purpose because maybe I just saw it in this mm-hmm. fourth issue, but actually making a child, the center of the contention yeah. of everything where this girl has the ability or doesn't have the ability. Her birthright can, can bring peace to two warring clans in the, in the underworld. Right. Right. Compared to the, the child story in the Mandalorian. Right. We get more out of this. Yeah. Than the Mandalorian. Yes. The mystery of the child in Mandalorian is really intriguing, but actually giving, some basis and some importance right from the get go just sets the story better. Yeah. Now, Dave, we, we have been given a, an amazing season of clone wars. I'm not putting that into the equation of the best star Wars, just because I feel like it was just kind of the conclusion to something that started carryover, dude. Yeah. I feel that's carryover. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because like, Clone Wars has been around before the buyout. Anything that I consider Filoni is pre the buyout. Even Rebels was planned. Even Rebels. Was already being worked on. Yeah, yeah, even Rebels was planned. You don't see anything like that. Well, guess what? Not to, not to you know, needle a bad sore point with people, mm-hmm. but okay, pre buyout, we got Clone Wars and Rebels, right? Those are separate from the buyout. The one thing we got from the buyout was resistance. Ah! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um, yes. But and so is Disney. I hope that's what, that, that's the frustrating part for me is kind of like you look at what they could have done with the two uh, going back to like the comics. And yet this is what we get with live action. It, it's the, very strange. It's that, very strange that we're given. I mean, Dr. Afra is in the 100% territory for me, upper 90s, the Cy Spurrier run. Yeah. It, the Bounty Hunter series doesn't come that close. It's still very good. But if they gave us just a quarter of what they put into Afra's development, Star Wars right now would be on top of the world. 
Oh, absolutely. Can I, you I imagine mean, if they did a live action of Afro? Yeah, it's very, and they stuck to the story. The story. That was actually written out. It would be fantastic. So, all right. So my RMD score is 80% for this issue. My scoring for comics is broken up into different categories. Basically, plot story, mm-hmm. 65 to 70%. And then in order to get to 80%, art and covers 15 to 20%. So overall, eighty percent RMD score. I love the series. I it, it's only going to get better. Oh yeah. So Dave, what about you? Me, I'm going to give this a eighty-five. I have to take a step back because, unfortunately, yes, as a spoiler, I read ahead. Oh. <laughs> so I had to take away that excitement. Is spoiler exciting. Yes. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> yes. Issue five is fantastic. Oh, okay, calm okay. down. So like, I had to curtail my 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 score and i gave this an 85 okay all right well this does bring us to the end of our discussion i want to thank everyone for listening to star wars from the back to tank thank you david thank you may the force be with us with the screaming and the falling hold on and also if you are not a patreon subscriber you should definitely consider heading over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledging $5 or more a month. And when you do so, you will gain access to tons of additional Star Wars discussions from book reviews, comic books, bonus discussions, anything we cannot do on our regular feed, we dump onto Patreon. So we do give back a lot of Patreon. A lot of Patreon creators don't put nearly as much effort as we do into our content we put out anywhere between 20 to 35 plus additional shows across the network yeah. so we put a lot out there and we of course we do all of our free content so we need the help if we are to continue to move forward into 2021 and beyond the only way we can do it is through our patreon subscribers so please consider pledging Thank you, David. Thank you. And remember, this is the way. Oh. Fix the other one. <laughs> May Change. the force be with you. Oh, yes. <laughs>